What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. But now we wanted to win, and I think the guys came to play. And, uh, I mean, like I said, that's a great football team. Uh, teams uh, beat a lot of good football teams, including ourselves. And uh, we had we needed everything we had to, to win this football game. The rivalry between the Raiders and the Chiefs, I think, is a great thing uh, for football, and um, it's great to be a part of it. We're going to score. I, I just didn't know if it was going to be overtime or we were going to win it. I'd take him over everybody, uh, and I'm lucky to have him. This is, uh, this, you know, it's hard to swallow right now. was that masked man johnny the mask D. covered his entire face he's that mean yeah, guy I, I, I saw in the pregame show last night that was you know getting on some quarterback about not spitting out plays oh that was awesome oh they had you set up for that that was perfect uh the clip that we have seen time and again of chris sims having a hard time with a play call back when he was a rookie last night the raiders ultimately had a hard time with the chiefs although you have to give las vegas credit you do they had the chiefs on the ropes multiple times they just couldn't punch them through and at one point I thought are they really going to pull off a sweep are they really going to do it are they going to sweep the Chiefs is I that really going to happen too. no that's that but th- then it's like no that's 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 just not going to happen not with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid around it's not going to happen no I, I mean I, I I was sitting there Mike to your thought going wait what great teams have we seen through history who have kryptonite in their own division, right? And the first team that came to my mind was like my dad with the Eagles of the late 80s, early 90s, right? They, you know, they won two Super Bowls, but man, they couldn't beat the damn Eagles. Twice a year, it was just brutal. It is rare, but within divisional football and a guy like John Gruden, and he knows who he's competing against, he's building a team, trying to build a team that is the kryptonite to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I know we'll get into it here in a second, but. Man, there's a lot, you're, like you said, to be happy about if you're a Raider and just the the trajectory of where their football team and organization is going. Yeah, you have to feel like you're bumping up against a ceiling, but at least you're bumping up against right. the ceiling instead of sitting in the corner staring up at it 12 feet away. 
they are making progress, unlike the other teams in their division. So that's good news. It is Pro Football Talk Live on the Monday of Thanksgiving week. Peacock, Series woo, woo, woo. 6 to 11, live NBCSN. If you're watching it on the re-air, it's live as far as you're concerned. Hello, good morning. Hello. Grab a seat, grab a beverage, grab a donut or whatever, and then at 7 p.m. local time in the U.K. and Ireland, grab your dinner, grab your your what, what do they eat? I don't know what they eat. They eat dinner. I'm pretty sure they eat dinner over chips? there. I know they yeah. eat dinner, but I'm trying to think. <laughs> they may call it supper. You never know. Don't get me started on the whole supper dinner thing. But but uh, I'm just trying to think of a signature meal. Bangers and mash, right? That, I've always uh, enjoyed that. Although fish and chips. Let's just stick with fish and chips. I think uh, so. Anyway, hello to our friends hello. in the UK and Ireland who have been uh, uh, really locked in this season. And I see that the schedule every week. It's tweeted out by the NFL's UK account. And I, I, do the, I don't have to do the math. It shows the local times. I'm thinking, these folks are serious. The, the game started 6 p.m., 9 p.m., 1 a.m. And I hear from folks there all the time. They're locked in watching all night long. What a weird kind of vampire schedule you have to be on to follow the NFL. But, uh, they're on lockdown. They're on lockdown oh, in, in the U.K. They? So they, they, they appreciate us. They right. appreciate the NFL. And we appreciate them for giving us some of their time and attention. All right, let's get back to that game. Game of the day, Chiefs and the Raiders, 35-31. The Chiefs win the game. Mahomes to Kelsey to pull it out. Kelsey ends up wide open, and I think it's that threat, the play that we showed in the pregame of Patrick Mahomes running the ball, that threat of him running, sucks the defenders toward the line and leaves guys open, and that's what contributed to Travis Kelsey just kind of standing in the end zone, the, the John Travolta meme from Pulp Fiction, there's nobody around him because, uh, yeah, they, they abandoned him. They let him go when it looked like 15 was going to take off, and uh, that was that. Lights out, game over, Chiefs win. Yeah, well, Jonathan Abram, and, I mean, you said it. This is what makes Patrick Mahomes so dangerous. It's just the fact that he is so great at attacking the line of scrimmage. He is sneaky dangerous when he does decide to tuck it and run it, and... Jonathan Abram saw that he had all that space. He's getting a little scared there, right? So he commits. Now, the one thing I'll say about that, too, and Jonathan Abram's a hell of a player, as you know, uh, but there's, there's, there's no timeouts at that moment, right? So why commit? Let him, let him run 10 yards, whatever, maybe 12 yards, but, but not, not leave Travis Kelsey in a huge voided, huge voided area. For a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who we know is – the best in the league right now as far as seeing the field as he's extending plays. I mean, there's just nobody better. And, yeah, that was uh, unbelievable just execution and everything about that last drive for the Chiefs. They're unreal. The way they can turn it on, step on the metal, pedal to the metal, and and just make things happen in a, in a flash. I can only imagine that any and all planning that you engage in, any yeah, effort right. that you undertake to strategize – and to, and to be aware going into the game, you know, be aware of this, be aware of that. We know what he does. It, it all goes out the window when you see this blur that is number 15, who is constantly eyes down the field, constantly legs on the move, constantly putting you in a position where you're on a tightrope and you're going to fall off one side or the other. You're going to give him the throw or you're going to give him the run. And he doesn't give you an opportunity to make that conscious decision that your film study and your meetings and everything you've done to load into your brain tells you what you need to do, 
But when you get out there, you can't do it. It's like we, we talk about with the scout team quarterback trying to mimic a great quarterback. It, you can do the scout team all you want. There's no replacement for facing the guy. No. And there's no way to no. simulate facing the guy. No, you're right. There is there is no way. I mean, some of the, the damn throws he makes out on the edge and things like that where you go, oh, they're going to push him out of bounds. He's going to get sacked. What? It's a 20-yard completion. It, it's It's amazing. And I think, you know, the game itself was amazing because the big thing I, I just, of course, the touchdown, the way they drive there at the end to close the door. I mean, it's it's just status quo, really. I mean, I feel like it's like, hey, every few weeks we get to watch the Chiefs do amazing stuff at the end of a football game and they'll win every time. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's but but what's got to be disheartening, you know, especially for the Raiders you play a game like that as perfect as they played it. I mean, they played it about as perfect as you can play the Kansas City Chiefs and in a lot of ways match up a right way where, you know, we talk about the Chiefs being the Ravens kryptonite and, you know, other teams being kryptonite, whatever, right? I mean, uh, that's what's got to be frustrating is they're on a night where you outplay them and really kind of show you're the kryptonite to their football team and you have the answer schematically on both sides of the ball. And you still lose because Kansas City shows they're able to adapt. Oh, you want to play coverage and drop out? Well, we'll just take these long drives and run and dink and dunk and dink and dunk. And it just shows the growth of Kansas City, I think, again, and just how dangerous they can be and how, what's the word, malleable? Is that right? Where they can just kind of change to different uh, and adjust. Wow. Don't I hope wow. don't blow a fuse because I know Matt Case wow. blew a fuse no. in the wow. producer room. I, <laughs> I'm going to take full credit for that one because I use that <laughs> word from time to time. So it shows that just kind of hanging around, hanging around somebody who has a better understanding of the English language, although that bar is extremely low. You picked up malleable. Thank you very much. What about for that. all the good football uh, things I said there? <laughs> you said plenty of good football things okay. too. You say plenty more good football things than you realize, although don't put me in a position where I have to give you credit. All I right. don't want to okay. do that. We do have to give Mahomes credit on the run. He was nine for 15 for 105 yards. That was most by a quarterback this season. And, and that's the baseball player in him coming out. I remember talking to him about this two years ago when we first were, were witnessing the brilliance that is Patrick Mahomes, a brilliance to which we've become somewhat numb. And I hope we don't get to that point where we take it for granted. I hope that doesn't happen with Kyler Murray. I hope it doesn't happen with Patrick Mahomes. I hope it doesn't happen with any of the great quarterbacks. But it's the baseball. It's the shortstop. Yeah. You don't need to worry about all the things that quarterback coaches obsess over with stance and posture and mechanics and footwork. No, shortstop's job is get the ball in the glove, get rid of the ball as quickly as possible. It doesn't matter where your body is. It doesn't matter where your arm is. And you're on the run, you're on the move. You're, and I think that that's, that's why yeah. he does what he does so flawlessly and effortlessly. That's a shortstop playing quarterback, and that's never going to change. No, you're, you're right. It's not. He's a wheeler and a dealer, right? I mean, that's what he is, a shortstop. You know, hey, double play, back, you know, oh, this way, that way, whatever. Feeder, cockeyed, like you said, sidearm throw. He does it all. That's what Kyler Murray has, too. And, you know, and just to, you know, talk about the fact even more, he grips the, the football in a very rare way in which very few quarterbacks really in the history of the sport ever gripped it. He makes it to where it's really got the top of the ball, the really small part. And I think it's because of what you're saying. He, he wants it to feel small like a baseball so he can do those type of things you're talking about, Mike, and wheel and deal and RPOs and I'm going to pull it out and I can just flick my wrist and throw a 10-yard slant, whatever. Uh, it, it just 
it's amazing Andy Reid where they've grown as an offense. You know, his maturity still at a young age, you know, not being over aggressive, really taking what's there to be had all night long. And uh, uh, hey, as far as TV is con considered or con concerned, that was like one of the most fun verbal chess matches we heard between two quarterbacks, I think, ever. I mean, come on. All the stuff Derek Carr and Patrick Mahomes were doing. I mean, you want to talk about being a general. They were directing more traffic on every play last night than any game I can remember two quarterbacks going back and forth. It was constant. It was really fun to watch. Yeah, and I do have to give Derek Carr some credit because yeah. it almost seems like the Mahomes challenge is pushing him to a higher level than he otherwise would ever have been at. That in failure and in striving to match someone, you're getting more out of yourself than when you're being pushed from below. And, you know, we had been talking about the Raiders with more of a ground and pound in recent weeks. Not when it's time to face the, the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. That's when it's time to unleash Derek Carr. There he is, averaging 311 yards per game in the two contests against the Chiefs. Six touchdown passes two interceptions and the only two interceptions of the year from Mahomes coming against the Las Vegas Raiders. So John Gruden's figuring something out. No doubt. When it comes to, to hanging with the Chiefs and, you know, potentially, and this is where these games can echo beyond last night. Maybe you're putting something on film that someone else is going to emulate or flat out copy that, that helps you in slowing down the Chiefs if you're the Steelers, if you're the Bills, if you're somebody who's crossing paths with them in January. Yeah, no, I, I mean, there's going to be certain things that certainly will be taken from other teams. I, I think that we saw that even after they lost to the Raiders the first time. And I think that's why you've seen that Chiefs offense evolve to what we saw last night where Chris Collinsworth is sitting there going, look, Derek Carr's throwing it deep. The Chiefs are throwing it short. Well, yeah, that, that, I mean, yeah. But that's because that was their, their next chess move after that, that Raiders loss in week five earlier in the year. They realized, ooh, wow, they really took away all our deep shots. They played coverage. They did a lot of good things. We need more plays to attack the underneath area of the field when people play us like that. And they've really grown that part of their playbook. That's where, you know, it, it's awesome to see as far as Kansas City's concerned and all the first downs they get and the drives. I mean, these aren't. We're not used to seeing them doing 12 play 91, 16 play 93. They're usually like four plays 93, two minutes and 45 seconds, 35 yard touchdown pass to cap it off by Mahomes. That's the kind of drives we usually see from the Chiefs. So that was really impressive. And and Mike, back to like what you were saying with the Raiders, because you, you said some things that really popped to me. I think Gruden has figured them out. They are building a team, as you've said all along, to compete with Kansas City. They know who the Kings are. So they've built a team, hey, good secondary, good offensive line, you know, can do those things. And to the other thing you said, I, Gruden, Gruden cracked the code. He's cracked it with what I saw last night. I could just tell with the way him and Derek Carr were talking where – he is at a spot with Steve Spagnolo, knowing, man, they're the Chiefs. He studied them so hard in the offseason and all that. They were all over some of the stuff the Chiefs were trying to do on defense. You saw it all night long. It, was, it almost seemed like they could not be stopped, the Raiders, really. He had the right answer every move. 
And Spagnolo is pretty creative and smart that way. But I just know when Gruden and Derek Carr and the, just the way they were barking out plays and talking that they had it last night. They had the feel, and that's why it's got to be discouraging to lose a game like that. Yeah, they scored 71 points in two games Ooh, against the Chiefs man. this year. And we talked about this in the offseason when the Broncos were loading up with receivers, the idea that you're never going to shut the Chiefs down. Your only way to beat them is to fight fire with fire and make an offense that can match up with the Kansas City defense and outscore the Kansas City offense. That's the only way you're going to win. And it happened back in week five, and it almost happened again right. last night. They gave them their absolute best shot. And, you know, we've talked about hoping for a Saints-Buccaneers third game, even though the Saints have swept Tampa Bay. This is the true rubber match, potentially, if the Raiders and the Chiefs should cross paths at Arrowhead Stadium in in uh, January. Uh, and and yeah. I'm kind of hoping for a third match between the Raiders and the Chiefs. And at 6-4, and four, I mean, look, I, I know the Raiders – aren't feeling good about what ultimately happened last night. They wanted a win. It would have changed everything if they had pulled off that victory. But but they still have to, when the dust settles, feel pretty good about where they are and how far they've come in a short period of time. Their first season in Las Vegas, with all the issues they've dealt with, yeah. with all the COVID-19, the things that were self-inflicted on themselves and the things that they won't get in trouble for, like last week's issue with Cleveland Farrell that resulted in so many guys ending up being unavailable because they were on the COVID-19 reserve list. Let's hear from Coach John Gruden about the struggles they faced last week leading up to one of the biggest challenges of the season. Well, it helps if we practice. You know, when guys show up the day of the game, it's, it's hard to enforce these things, but I, it goes back on me. We've got to get these men out on the field and correct these problems. But uh, I couldn't be more proud of our football team. Uh, and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't trade any of our players for anybody. The effort that they've given us is uh, tremendous. We've got to eliminate the penalties, and that starts with me. It's like he was doing an interview with 60 Minutes, and he did everything but change his voice. Seriously. I, don't, I mean, I, I, I've never seen him like that before, and I don't know whether he was just making a statement. I don't know what he was doing. Probably a little bit of both. Uh, or if yeah. he just wanted to crawl in a hole after what happened last night, and that was the next best thing to crawling in a hole. But when you don't have most of your defense for the full week, and I, I saw a report over the weekend, and this is something we joked about previously with this notion of guys being on the COVID-19 reserve list and unable to practice, like they have a robot out there with a with a camera on it and and a screen so the guy, you know, you can sit, you know, you can put the guy on the field. I guess they had laptops out there where they were letting defensive backs see what was going on. So, you know, you do what you have to do to try to to make guys comfortable when they can't physically be on the field and they've done a nice job of that. And they've got experience at it. That's the problem. They had to do it with their offensive line earlier this year that didn't work out and then they had to do it with their defense. But you get this team into a normal year yeah. when they can have fans present, when you don't have to worry about the COVID issues. Uh, you know, I don't know. Is that good for one or two wins? It probably is. Yeah, I mean, I, I, maybe. There's no doubt. Either way, like, I think I'm sold on the fact of the Raiders are, like, legit playoff team, and I think a team that could make some noise in the playoffs. I do. You know, first off, like you said, you got to give them credit for the way they continue to battle. It's a young football team. They've fought a lot of adversity. Yeah, some of it is a little bit of little of their own arrogance with COVID-19 and all that, definitely. But, man, do they play hard. 
There's not a lot of teams in football that could sit here and say they've played, they've beaten the Saints and the Chiefs. You know, they lost another game to the Bucks because of even worse circumstances with not being able to practice because of COVID and all those issues. But the way their schedule sets up here down the stretch, and I know Al and Chris talked about it last night, it is, you know, pretty damn good. It's the easiest in the AFC. You know, they can very easily, you know, run off and, and end up winning five out of the last six, four out of the last six. Now, does that get in the playoffs here? And the AFC, I don't know, but I do think that they're the type of team that's built to be a pain in the butt for just about anybody in the AFC playoffs this year with the way they run the ball and the way, like you mentioned already, Derek Carr and John Gruden are kind of executing that offense. And I do have to give John Gruden credit for the work he's done with Derek Carr. There were legitimate and widespread concerns three years ago that Carr and Gruden would never be able to coexist, that Carr would crumble under the weight of the guy that you experienced in Tampa Bay. But to his credit, Gruden has changed his approach deliberately and consciously because he knew he had to make it work with Carr. Because even though, and you have said it before, John Gruden, quarterback, hoarder, right, always looking, always smitten, always infatuated with some other quarterback. It gets back to the old Stephen Stills song. If you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. He loves Derek Carr because that's who he has. And he's gotten the most out of him by changing his ways and drawing it out of Carr and quietly and slowly turning him into almost a franchise quarterback. I'm not quite there yet, but he's almost there. Yeah. I mean, he, he's shown a lot of the signs he's, you know, as we talked about last week with my top 10 quarterback list and all that, Derek Carr, I, you know, was the next guy to me. He was at number 11. I thought it was Matt Ryan. Uh, it was those two, but no, it was Derek Carr was number 11. I'll show you the piece of paper, but you're a funny guy. He was very close. <laughs> all right. But either way, uh, I, I agree with you. And, and, you know, last night really showed you what Derek Carr is becoming and has become in this, this short period of time. With, with John Gruden. I mean, first off, I think you're right. Like, Gruden realized he had to make it work. He was, I think, also had to realize that he was going to have a bad reputation if it was another quarterback where it just didn't seem to work the right way. He was teetering on, you know, the line of people just going, oh, he always blames the quarterback. It's always the quarterback's fault. It's never his fault, blah, 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 blah. Well, no, he hung in there with this guy. And the attitude, the demeanor, the control of the offense, it's exactly what Gruden wants. I mean, this is... How he talks to you in the meeting room, quarterback meeting room. He's really got him where he wants. And, that, you know, that first time out, do you remember the first drive of the game? Derek Carr, he's getting a little chess match with the Chiefs at the line of scrimmage, and he ends up having to call a timeout real quick right before it. And he's walking over there, and he's going to talk to Gruden, and he stops. And he goes, I, I got it. I got it. Like, he's like, I got it. Don't worry. Yes, that was a tough one, whatever. I got it. Like, I'm just going to stay here. I don't need to go over there, and, like, we have to, you know, rehearse life one more time. And to me, that showed, too, that he's in a spot where he's so comfortable, he's not flustered by anything, and he can sit there and talk and match wits with Gruden about all the X's and O's and be in a really comfortable spot. And I think that's where they are, and that's why they're, they're kind of dangerous right now. And he's developing the demeanor that Gruden is always looking Definitely. for. Gruden wa- that's, that's the irony, jerk. and I do think I'm using it properly. 
Gruden is trying to develop a quarterback who eventually will say to Gruden, shut the hell up. Yeah. Go over there and sit down. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. You're standing or you're sitting. I can't tell you're so short. Just get <laughs> out of funny. here and leave me alone. You're funny. I got this. <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's what he wants. Yes. And that's what he is. may have in Derek Carr now. Yeah. Now all Carr has to do is block him on Twitter. All right. Let's move on to Titans <laughs> and the Ravens. You're on Overtime. fire Overtime. You're on fire. Overtime. Hey, man, I'm feeling good. It's Thanksgiving week. You know, you know they're, they're, the CDC is recommending that you limit gatherings that's that's right in my wheelhouse i just want to sit alone with a turkey by myself i can't wait until thursday when i can do that one leg in each hand subtly flashing the middle finger to you while i grip the bottom of the turkey leg that's what i'm gonna be doing on thursday teats and watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever what's that mean it means never cutting corners ever it means cooking not processing It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz & Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay. All right. Titans and the Ravens. It looked like the Ravens were going to win the game. It looked like... They were in control because they were in the first half. Titans offense wasn't getting anything done. The Ravens were up. Halftime adjustments and out came the Titans. My goodness. And and we're going to give the Titans their appropriate praise and credit. But I think the headline from this one is ding dong, the Ravens are dead. And look, they're not completely dead, but they will be dead if they lose on Thursday night to the Steelers. Six and four after 14 and two. Here is Lamar Jackson, who's had some Interesting sound bites all year long. Here's his latest on his belief that everyone's out to get the Ravens. You know, we just had two losses in a row. Um, games we, you know, we should have won. Uh, we had the hiccups in the game, but we still got to keep fighting through it. You know, that team, it looked like that team wanted it more than us. You know, they, they was playing physical. Uh, when we went up, I feel like, you know, we just took our foot out the gas, but we just got to keep it going. Finish teams. Yeah, uh, look, I, I, he also added at some point everyone wants us to lose. I don't understand I don't so. why he right. thinks that. I, I, but, you know, when, when you feel like everything is crumbling around you, maybe you do slide into that mindset. And it was several weeks ago where he made the comment about the Chiefs being their kryptonite, which was not good. A couple of weeks ago, the idea that people are calling out their plays when they're on the field trying to execute their offense, that's, that's not, not good. good. And. I, they just they just need to get this team. This team has lost something, and I think it started with the Steelers game. Yeah, a game that they believe they 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 kicked the 
crap out of the Steelers, yes, they do, although right. they would use a different term than that privately, yeah. and they still lost, I, I think you 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 easily can lose your edge, and I feel like they've lost their edge. Yeah, I, I, I do too. There's something about, you know, their mojo, their magic, whatever it is. You know, yeah, they lost that Steelers game. They went to New England. They went, oh, New England, this isn't the same New England, you know, we've seen. We're more talented than them. They took that for granted, got punched in the mouth, lost, lost that football game. And then yesterday, I mean, hey, I'll kind of agree with lo- what Lamar said there. I mean, the game's 21-13. The Ravens are controlling it. The Ravens got the ball. He throws that deep pass to DuVernay that gets intercepted, and it's like the Titans controlled the game from that point on. I mean, the the, the Ravens' defense just got absolutely bullied for the second week in a row. Where the Titans did whatever they wanted, and now the you know the Ravens did some good, did a good job of ending some of those drives that make them end up in field goals and got lucky because of really Titans mistakes and bad snaps and things like that. But wow, I mean it's just not very often you see a Ravens football team get pushed around two weeks in a row, and last week and last you know yesterday, excuse me, just never be able to stop the bleeding at any point. I mean just. Five yards, six yards, ten yards, eight yards, three yards, and just moving the ball at will on that Baltimore Ravens defense. I and mean, those are things we just haven't seen here in the last year and a half to where uh, it was shocking. Even though Calais Campbell wasn't there last year, he had been part of it earlier this year. He's yeah. missed some time with injury. That's one of the reasons why you see, and that's not no a typo, 173, 173. Identical rushing yards allowed the past two weeks, both to the Patriots and to the Tennessee Titans and and let me rewind to the incident we saw beginning of the game because I think there's a Let's way start to there. try to thread it. Let's try to thread it with what the Ravens are missing. They've lost their edge, and I think that John Harbaugh was looking for something to get his guys going. So he spots a group of Titans players led by Malcolm Butler on the crest. Right, it's not their logo; it's their crest at midfield, and Harbaugh approaches them. Harbaugh goes and gets in their face. There's A.J. Brown. I'll tell you more about what A.J. Brown had to say about the altercation. But I I think that this was – oh, don't bring the kicker. Don't bring the kicker to a football player fight, Coach. But there, there, I think, was a desire by Harbaugh at some level to spark his guys because he knows there's an element of a flat with the Ravens right now. And, you know, it – it, it worked in the first half. It just couldn't hold back the avalanche all yeah, game long. Right. Because I think in sparking his guys, he lit a fire under the Titans, and it all kind of backfired on the Ravens yesterday, Chris. It, it definitely did. And, and, you know, you're you're right. No Calais Campbell. You know, no Brandon Williams, who's one of the better run stoppers in football, at D-tackle. Hey, let's also forget, I mean – you know, people talk about the Ravens, and we'll get into their offense and all that, but, I mean, hey, they're all pro, maybe the best left tackle in football. He's not there. Yonda retired, right? They've had to move people all around, so they've had some issues there, and you're right. I think John Harbaugh was was probably trying to manufacture some intensity from his football team. Do I think he crossed the line a little bit with it? I do. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I do. I don't think it's on the coach to do those type of things. Sorry. If you want to start to tell your players, hey – that's that's messed up. You know, that's effed up over there. Look at them over there. Now, what's not messed up or anything bad about it, it wasn't – we haven't seen anything to where I look at it and go, the Titans did anything disrespectful. They weren't like 
stomping on the emblem in the middle, trying to tear it up. They got into a team huddle, which is happens in every game on the road anywhere where they're going to you know break it down. Hey, we got to come out here and play hard today, give 100%, blah, 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 and then go into the huddle, I mean, go into the locker room before you come out for the game. That's all that was. So that's why I think you're right. Like, I think Harbaugh was just trying to look for anything to kind of get started there. And I just – I don't think it's the coach's job to do that. And I don't think it's necessarily the best look for him. And he's a guy I have a tre tremendous amount of respect for. Let's press pause for a second and hear from both Harbaugh and Titans coach Mike Vrabel from after the game several hours later regarding what transpired before kickoff. What was going on with the Titans players and their before and then after the game? Uh, after the game, there wasn't an issue. I mean, Coach Vrabel, I think, was down there celebrating in the end zone. Then he came back around and shook hands. Before the game, it's irrelevant. I went to celebrate with uh, with Derek and the team to congratulate him, and then I ran back and, and shook his hand and um, asked what the issue was before the game, and he said uh, there wasn't an issue. So I went to celebrate with my football team. A lot of respect for John. We, we shook hands. But, again, I, I, I wanted to sprint down there and, and be excited with the team and then Sprinted back to midfield. They say the eye in the sky doesn't lie. I don't know. Maybe sometimes the eye in the sky misses the handshake because the video that's widely been making the rounds yeah, you can't shows Mike Vrabel right? approaching John Harbaugh right. and Harbaugh saying, no, no. So, well, uh, look, I, I think that, that there's something going on there, but no one wants to say anything that is going to become the bulletin board headline going into a potential playoff rematch if both teams make it. And frankly, right now, the Ravens got a lot of work to do if they plan to make it. But back to what happened beforehand. I, he, of course, he's going to say it's irrelevant because it blew up in his face. A.J. Brown was hilarious when I was talking to him about this yesterday. He said, I'm just out there. And all of a sudden, their, their coaches are coming out. Like, yeah, coaches see? are approaching football players. Right. Like, what did he did, – are they really doing that? He was stunned. And he's like, I'm in the middle of this, and I'm. And if you watch the video closely, he, he and AJ Brown may not even remember it. He kind of gives a little push to John Harbaugh, but uh, he said, "Look, that told us this is the way it's going to be. It's going to be a physical contest." And you know, he said some people may not think that makes a difference, but it definitely made a difference yesterday. And it did take a while for it to pay off. Yeah. But when it paid off, it paid off in a big way. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, yeah, they were losing in the first half, but they made some mistakes. It wasn't like they were being bullied or pushed around the field. You weren't like, oh, man, the Titans are in trouble here. They're getting totally dominated. They got no chance. No, they Ryan Tannehill made a bad interception. They missed a few passes here or there. But there is got to be something there. I mean, first off, these are two, for lack of a better way to say it, tough, meathead-type coaches. They don't back down from anybody. I mean, they, they just don't. And they're not going to say a lot in post-game press conferences or do anything like that because they're old school and they're going to keep it between them and all of that. But they're, they're both coaches who pride themselves on, hey, my team's the bigger, badder bully on the football team and you know, are on the field today, and we're, we're going to show that we're tougher. So there's a clash of wills there that go on, certainly, let alone, yeah, the Ravens, you know, in a slump right now. Titans ruined their playoff chances last year. They're supposed to be in the Super Bowl, all those things added into it. But I will go back to what you said with A.J. Brown. Very odd. I just, it's very odd that a, that a coaching staff gets involved in that type of thing right there. You know, and, and like I said, I, I don't love that look for John Harbaugh. I love his feistiness, but to me, that'd be something where you get your players to be like, hey, look at these 
you know, jerks and blah, 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 and you let them go out there and get into the confrontation. You don't do that as a head coach. Tennessee Titans, uh, Titans, excuse me, snapped out of the funk that we saw them slip into Thursday night against the Colts. It was a back-and-forth kind of close game. It felt like the Titans were in control, a couple of special teams miscues, and that was that. You know, Derrick Henry, they got him going. It took a while. A.J. Brown, we talked about him earlier. He was awesome on the touchdown catch that, that really felt like it gave the Titans a lift, one of the great plays of the year as he – bulldozed his way into the end zone taking Patrick Queen with him he told me I just was trying to get the first down but the the, the, the just raw will took over and he just decided he's taking it all the way into the end zone and then Derrick Henry the only player in NFL history with two overtime touchdowns in the same season if not ever I gotta go back and check the stat you don't have a lot you know overtime games aren't aren't you know, it's usually a field goal, or at least, and for years it was a field goal until they changed the rules. He's got two overtime touchdowns this year. At a minimum, it's the most, it's the first time someone's had two overtime touchdowns in the same season. There's a chance he's one of the very few to have multiple overtime touchdowns ever. But you know, the the Titans just they 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 know how to keep it close, and they keep it close, and then they just they 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 get you at some point. Yeah, uh, if they don't blow you out from the get go. That's their their model, and that's their mindset. They're not going to roll up a ton of points. Typically, they just are going to be there, and they're going to grind it out, and it's eventually going to bend their way. Yeah, they're efficient. That's what we usually see them do, where we just go, man, it's, you know, they run the ball for seven, eight yards. It's a play-action pass for 20 yards, and you just see a lot of drives where you go, oh, six or seven, 80-yard drive where, you know, they just they ripped off a few chunk plays, and that was easy for them. And that's really what happened in the second half of the football game. You know, the Titans, of course, patient with the run game. We're starting to wear the Ravens out. And then they have a play-action pass attack with some receivers and Jonu Smith and everybody else at tight end where, you know, it, it, it became too much for the Ravens to handle. It did, and the Ravens started to worry about that run game and getting bullied up front. So they were putting their DBs in some one-on-one -on -one situations. And yet we don't see them do some of the things we've seen the last few weeks. Missed tackles, guys getting pushed back. I mean, A.J. Brown breaking all those tackles, doing that. I mean, uh, it's just unraven-like. And then the last piece of what we don't hit on here, or we haven't hit on yet, is the, the Ravens' offense. I, you know, they have, somebody else has to get involved. It can't just be Lamar Jackson, the run game, and Mark Andrews. I don't know what the Ravens expect. You're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere except for a trip to the playoffs and a quick exit if they don't find some more versatility within their offense. There is zero lack of involvement for wide receivers in their football team. It's almost embarrassing that Des Bryant is your leading receiver, okay, in the game. I don't, you know, the receiver. I know Mark Andrews is the tight end, but that that to me, that has got to change. There's got to be more to defend with this Ravens offense. People have caught up to the run game. We've talked about their own line being banged up, things like that. And it's not the same as last year. So what's the next move? What's the next element they're going to introduce? There's got to be something else. And look at Marquise Brown down at the bottom. It was just three weeks ago. He was complaining on Twitter and deleting right. tweets about his lack of involvement. Three targets, no catches, no yards. Didn't even and, know he was there. Uh, they, 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 they – you're right. They need, and I don't know, is it a quarterback thing or is it a receiver thing? You know, we always say when there's a great receiver and a great quarterback together, which guy is it? 
when it's not working, who do you put the blame on? Yeah, I, I'm one to put more on. First off, the receiver I always thought was overrated. I, do, I mean, he, he play he came from the flag football conference of the Big 12, and he had Kyler Murray and <laughs> Baker Mayfield throw him the football. Okay, so that's gonna make a lot of receivers look good. All right, so that he's plays small, but really, what I will go back to is I just think lack of versatility in the scheme in the past game too. You know, there's just got to be more there. And, again, with Hollywood Brown, Mike, I mean, we talked about this a little last week. I mean, okay, you dropped him the first round. Give him a reverse. Give him a wide receiver screen. Do something. Give him the damn ball somehow. You can't just say, oh, he didn't get the ball in the pass game. Okay, he's fast as hell. He's a weapon. He's a first-round pick. Find some other ways. They got to find more ways to get the ball into other guys' hands other than Andrews, Lamar Jackson, and running backs. Uh, let's take a break, but before we do, just so I, cause this is bothering me. I want to make sure I get this right. Derrick Henry is the only player with two overtime touchdowns this year. The all time record yeah. for a career belongs to Ladanian Tomlinson. He has three overtime touchdowns. So Derrick Henry is just one away from matching what Ladanian Tomlinson did during his career with overtime touchdowns. All right, let's take a break. We got plenty more. PFT live to come, including the debut of number seven in New Orleans, Taysom Hill. How did he do? We'll break it all down when PFT Live continues right after this. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Taysom Hill in his first start had 23 passes. Prior to that, including postseason, he had 20 career throws. <laughs> he more than doubled his career passing attempts in one afternoon, and he had a couple of touchdowns rushing. He had four rushing touchdowns in his entire career coming into the game. Uh, look, it, it, it was a little sputtery yeah, at first. that's right. It was choppy. There, there was the throw that reminded me of the old Sandlot kickoff you know when you play sandlot football you don't actually (laughs) kick off you just throw the ball high and deep right that's what it looked like it worked it was caught and then it looked like it was fumbled but down by contact was the ruling accurate ruling but you know Taysom Hill was efficient 18 for 23 he was Taysom Hill when it was time to run the ball scores a touchdown on fourth and goal 
And and I think so far, and I asked him after the game, talked to him for a good six, seven minutes, what grade would you give yourself? And he hemmed and hawed, and I need to look at the film. And then he kept going. And if you just let him keep going, they'll eventually come to the point where he wanted to be. B or a B plus is the grade that he gave himself for the game. What grade would you give him? I, I think that's fair. I think that it really is. I mean, if you're going to be realistic about the situation, right, Mike? And then this is a guy that, I mean, he hasn't played quarterback. He just, he was, just, you know, very respectful and open and honest with just that little clip he showed right there. You know, just realizing, whoa, I just didn't realize when you're the starter what it takes to prepare the whole week and be the guy and everybody's always looking to you and asking questions and, hey, what about this play? Hey, you got this and got that. I'm sure that was exhausting, let alone I heard Sean Payton in the postgame press conference. Yeah, you know, early in the on, early on, he was a little nervous. He said some plays wrong. We flipped a formation. I, I've been there. That's exactly. I mean, it doesn't matter how many times you practice that. All of a sudden, you get in the intensity of the game, and it's your first, you know, start, and you're looking at the other team, and you're thinking about what you got to do, and you get in a huddle, and even though you've you've set a play 50 times during the week, you can't spit it out the right way when you need to, and all of a sudden, you do stupid stuff like that. It was very choppy, like you said early on, but the defense played awesome. He really only made one bad mistake that ended up being a dropped interception down there in the red area. And they slowly but surely found the formula in which how they wanted to play and how to use him. And I think overall, he really managed the game the right way. He made the run game more effective. And he made some nice plays on his own, let alone some nice plays in rhythm within the offense too. When I talked to him, it was clear it bothered him that he fumbled the ball late. They were up 24-9. to nine. Yeah. But when you are suffocating a team and they and they have a dangerous offense if they can ever wake it up and to the credit of the Saints defense yeah they weren't able to wake it up with the Falcons offense on Sunday but that really bothered him that's why he downgraded himself to a B or a B plus and the other thing he needs to do and he explained this to me he just wants more tempo he wants that Saints offense in and out of the huddle calling the plays getting the play calls right moving things quickly because the tempo is what can keep the defense on its heels yes. and they're even more on their heels when you don't know what Taysom Hill is going to do with it because the one thing Drew Brees never was going to be ever was a threat to run the ball now you've got this guy who can do either thing you have to be ready for either thing you never know what he's going to do and he's not going to get worse with no. more reps he's right. only going to get better with more reps the challenge comes and we may not see enough games this year to get to the point where defenses can devise a better way to try to stop him. But, you know, defenses have seen this guy. It's not like he's some new thing. He's been around for a few years. They've been using him periodically. Defenses at least have, have had a crack at trying to figure out what to do when Taysom Hill's on the field and he has the ball in his hands. And I think that that challenge is only going to become more and more significant it was funny last week because remember we were saying and we kept showing the graphic of the depth chart like what like everything's pointing to Taysom early yeah, in the week you oh, called it man. to Taysom Hill you called it. like I'm, I'm, and then everyone's like no it's gonna be Jameis Winston you know, shut up you don't know what you're talking about it's gonna be Jameis Winston and I'm like well maybe it is gonna be Jameis Winston and then by the end of the week it becomes Taysom Hill and Hill told me he he had a pretty good idea Monday night it was gonna be him I said are you surprised that that you guys kept it under wraps for so long he said no not with Sean Payton around and that's what he did. He managed to get those guys to zip it tight all week long. And, uh, and, and then he trolled I love it. Roddy White. Roddy White tweeted this on 
Saturday, Saints about to whip us trying with Taysom Hill quarterback. We about to snack them. That was immediately retweeted by Sean Payton, probably from the locker room while they were dancing after the victory over the Atlanta Falcons, hopefully with their masks on this time. But 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 Payton's a genius. He is. Payton's a genius. That's right. Payton's a genius. Yes. Because let me tell you, even on Friday after it came out that Hill was going to be the starter, there was still a sense he was going to use both guys. And for all we know, he was ready to put Jameis Winston in if he needed to. He just ultimately didn't need to. And Taysom Hill proved it. And, you know, the report yesterday, and this makes sense, I agree with it. Ian Rappaport said that one of the big factors was Sean Payton wants to see what Taysom Hill can do yeah. as the quarterback, and right. we all do. And I guess he had some nerves early in the week, and I think that act of making it a buildup, of making it a bigger deal, like you take a regular season game and you give it a playoff feel, and the wisdom of that is simple. This guy may be playing in playoff games. Yeah. Let's go ahead and throw him into it. Let's make it as big of a game. Otherwise, Saints-Falcons week 11, who the hell cares? Let's make it into a big game. Let's see how he does when the stakes are high because that's going to prepare him if we do need him down the stretch in a big game or next year if he's the starter and the big games come around and the playoffs game. That's just a, it's another level of the genius of Sean Payton Definitely. to turn this into something bigger than it was yeah. just to help Taysom Hill better prepare himself for the future. Yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, it, it helps uh, everybody in their organization prepare for the future. I mean, the, you know, to what you're saying, I, I, I did, you know, I wasn't sure. I thought they'd start Jameis. He'd just be scared to, to play Taysom Hill, who hasn't played, you know, quarterback in the NFL. But obviously, he had seen enough to know. Okay, I think he's ready enough. And yeah, let's see what he's got. I mean, we've heard all you know the rumors about Sean Payton gushing about Taysom Hill and everything like that. And I think where it's really cool too, you know, you said it. You know, one, the team is good, right? There's a lot of positive things. Sean Payton's a genius. He's definitely one of the greatest offensive minds in the history of the sport. That's what he'll go down as. And here again, you see the versatility. You know, really, the one thing that jumped out to me that where they started to settle in that I noticed, and, and really producer Matt Casey was the one that pointed it out as we were going along, they got into basically every time he dropped back was a little token play action pass. Hey, let's protect the line. Let's protect Let's let him get some depth off a play-action pass so he can separate between him and the offensive line. That gives him the ability to run if he has to. But now we've run play-action pass. We've sucked the linebackers up. And that's where we saw Michael Thomas get involved in the game to where we haven't really seen that involvement from him all year. Where, yeah, you know, Taysom Hill, he, he's a little more aggressive wanting to push the ball down the field and do those things. And plus, because of his running ability, you get defenses that more are, oh, we have to worry about stopping the run. And therefore, the 15 and 20-yard completions right behind the linebackers at that second level and all those things start to become more open and more effective. And that's where we really saw, I, I think, the change in the game. I mean, you see they have three rushers for right around 50 yards. He took care of the football. Michael Thomas got 100 yards uh, receiving. And when he didn't like what he saw out of those play action passes, he took off and ran. And damn, that's a good combo when you got, you know, that type of offense and the, that defense who we haven't even talked about, who whooped some butt yesterday. Uh, they could play with anybody with that type of formula. Quick break, got to go when we come back. A little chatter about Packers, Colts, and plenty more after that on this Monday edition of PFT Live. 
offensively, from an offensive standpoint, you're going, gosh, we shouldn't be in this situation. We got to finish it. We can't put our defense in this mode. But yeah, so you certainly have those thoughts, but at the same time, you're uh, you're fired up. I mean, you're believing that the defense is going to get a stop. And they did. And yes, did they go 80 yards and get a field goal? They did, but they didn't end the game. And they kept us, kept us alive. And then they went out there and, and got the takeaway. Phillip Rivers after the 34-31 overtime victory by the Colts over the Packers. My favorite stat of the weekend, this came from ESPN Stats and Information. Aaron Rodgers against every team in the NFL except the Colts That's and crazy. obviously the Packers. 95-2 and two when leading by 14 or more points. Against the Colts, 1-2 when leading by 14 or more points. It happened back in 2012 when Andrew Luck was a rookie the last time the Packers we're in Indianapolis. He quite possibly has never won in Indianapolis. You might be right, yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, and it looked, it, it's another one of those. It looked like it was going to be easy. Looked like it was going to be easy. And then the Colts found the gas pedal and they, they made it compelling and they ultimately turned it into a victory to keep pace with the Titans, setting up next week's showdown in Indianapolis, Tennessee at the Colts for possibly, at the end of the day, the division championship. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, the, the Colts have a lot of things to like about their football team, as we know. And we know they've messed up some games, and Rivers has had a few choppy moments throughout the year. But I think this, th this, and then beating the Tennessee Titans, you know, on Thursday night last week should show everybody, like, the Colts are here. They're, they're real. You know, how real they are, I don't know. They're still a little work in progress. But anybody watching that game yesterday, you, you come away going, whoa. I mean, first off, to shut down Aaron Rodgers and company at three points in the whole second half? I mean, just three and out, three and out, three and out. That's how it started the second half, you know. And and then there we saw the Packers' flaws on the defensive side of the ball once again. You know, they just slowly get worn down, worn down, worn down. And then, yeah, there was the self-inflicted mistakes by the Packers. But Colts, that defense has moments of being unbelievably dominant, and we saw that yesterday. And if Rivers in that run game can be something – Man, the Colts, I mean, there's a lot to like about their team, and they're, they're still going to be a player in the AFC as we're seeing here. Packers defense taking a lot of criticism. I looked at Twitter at one point last night, and I saw Mike Pettin trending, and not yeah. for good reasons. Packers fans up in arms about the way the defense collapsed. But, you know, if your offense continues to fire on all cylinders, a lead turns into a blowout. And so I think it's both sides of the ball sure. that have to be blamed for this collapse. It's not just the defense Definitely. giving up a bunch of points when the offense is showing that it's getting it done and all of a sudden it's not getting it done and it can't get it done. Puts more pressure on the defense. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. There's, you're right. The defense, they were on the field too much because the offense at least could, couldn't even get first downs, chew up the clock, give them a little rest, do something. Uh, but either way, that was an impressive win by the Colts hanging in there and making some clutch plays when they need to do to win the game. Full hour still to come. Superlatives coming up when PFT Live continues right after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot 
for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.